you are listening to the Savage Fincast, episode 23, Heroes, Hoodlums, and Haunts. Chicago. A criminal mastermind called Overlord held our city in its terrifying grip. Ordinary cops were losing the battle against Overlord's super freaks and mutants. Then, a miracle happened. When I found him, he had no memory of his past. I helped him find an identity and a life. Now we have a fighting chance. Now we have the dragon. This is the Savage Fincast, the show lost at sea without a compass. I am Jim Purcell. And I'm joined here today with my co-host, Craig Olson. This episode is going to be a little bit different than usual. Uh, we are joined here today with the talented Scott James. So rather than our usual uh, review of the latest issue, we will be talking with him. So take it away, Craig. So uh, Scott James is a professional artist who by now should be a household name for any rabid Savage Dragon fan. Scott probably comes in third, only behind Frank Fosco and Mark Engler and having... The most amount of penciled artwork appear in dragon-related backup stories of Savage Dragon. Uh, Scott's Savage Dragon-related work includes an Alex Wilde backup in issue 132, a second Alex backup in issue 143, a Hostess Pie spoof ad in issue 188, um, the recent Deadly Duo backup in 190, uh, and the current Max Damage backup story in this month's issue, which we'll be discussing uh as the entire issue uh, later on in, in this episode. Um, Scott also has had a pinup in Savage Dragon way back in issue 66. Um, in addition, Scott's also penciled issues of uh, Marcosia's comic uh, Starship Troopers series. Uh, he's provided artwork for an original graphic novel titled The Case Files of Harlan Falk, due out, uh, I think, in December... And uh, that's also from Marcosia, and he's also been working on a creator-owned project uh, titled Mob Files, which we'll find out more about. So uh, welcome to the FinCast, Scott, and hopefully I didn't screw anything up, and you can correct me if I messed anything up in that intro. No, no. <laughs> thank you. And thank you guys for having me. Uh, I enjoy your FinCast every month, so again, awesome. thank you for having me. Awesome. Thanks, thanks again. And I did get the fin wrong in issue 66. Tisk, by the tisk. Yeah, what, what? wretchedly wrong. <laughs> that, that, was, that was, what, 1999 issue 66 or somewhere around there? Yeah, I, I had met Eric at uh, the uh, Motor City Comic Con, and he liked my stuff back then, and he, he said, oh, can I get you to do a pinup? I'm like, yeah, sure. And... Uh, I had done that, and the original drawing had uh, Dragon with a scar in his mouth, and he he didn't like the cigar in Dragon's mouth because Dragon didn't smoke. And I was like, okay, and I took the, the cigar out, you know, took the cigar out and uh, sent it off to him, and uh, that was that. And then later on, looking at it, going, oh my God, I got the fin terribly wrong. <laughs> yeah. that, that's that's the thing about Eric. Eric is very anti-smoking. Nobody smokes in his comic. Very true. 
You yeah, know, I, and I guess I was looking at it as, you know, back he did a cover with when Malcolm was born, he had Dragon smoking a cigar on the cover. So I was like, yeah, oh, that's right. He smokes a cigar every so often. Right. So, but, uh, you know. I got next, huh? Yeah. But, it, hey, it happens. That's pretty cool, though. I mean, at the, I mean, where were you around 1999? Had you done any professional work or was that, were you kind of just uh, yeah, looking for work? I was doing a lot of, uh, I've done a lot of gaming and fantasy work. That's where my mainstay is, or my wheelhouse. I, I've done a lot of stuff for uh, Dungeons and Dragons, Magic the Gathering, really? uh, RPG, CCG, that kind of stuff. But I've always had a love for comics, and I wanted to transition into comics. And, you know, uh, met Eric at uh, the Motor City show, and, and that's kind of where it went from there and that's pretty awesome too because i mean you think back around issue 66 and beforehand most of the guys that were getting pinups in savage dragon were kind of established you know real popular artists you know you're getting like the jay lees or whoever you know what i mean it was like you you're getting real established popular comic book artists and it's pretty neat to, to get you know to have eric be like hey i want to i want to get a piece of your work as a pinup in in the comic yeah, yeah, I thought it was cool because you know I, I came late to the game uh, in respect in regards to Eric's work. Uh, it wasn't until a buddy of mine handed me the uh, the trade paperback of the first collected four issues, or was it four issues? The uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, you know, three. It was three. <clears throat> and it turned to four when he when he made it like uh, the dragon kind of single issues because he expand he added a few more pages in pages exactly. Well, I was handed I was given for free the graphic novel and I was like, oh yeah, I, this is kind of cool. I dig this. So uh, subsequently, I've gone back and it's like Spider Man. Anything he did, Spider Man or anything he's done artwork wise be it writing and artwork or artwork I've picked up. So that's pretty know. awesome. I, and I, I was going to say that, um, your art style, I don't know if it's evolved, but it, it feels like it's got a lot of kind of Eric Larson influence or I don't know, maybe, uh, uh, Simonson or something to that effect. I mean, I look at it and I was telling, talking to, uh, Jim before the show and, it's uncanny to me that it looks very similar to Mark Englert's art. Way, art, and you know we know Mark Englert from the guy who did uh, the Mighty Man serial or God War or uh, Kirkman's Capes. But your styles are very, very similar. Like you've kind of got the same influences, and and I I don't know if you can enlighten us on that. What your influences are and where you see some of your your art coming. You know where where that's coming from. Did it change a lot when after you were a Dragon fan and you get a lot more Larson influence, or you know, do you just draw in a different style depending on what you're drawing, or uh, a little bit of both, or mm -hmm. all the above? Um, when I when I do gaming artwork, it tends to be a little bit more photorealistic, mm -hmm. and I just found that you know. Eric's sandbox, if you will, lends itself mm -hmm. to be free and cartoony, a little bit more yeah. cartoony and expressive. And, you know, you're able to over-exaggerate things. And I, I was never a big Kirby guy. 
I was right. an Alex Toth fan. Um, big fan of Toth. Still am gotcha. a huge fan of Toth. But I saw a way that, oh, you know, Kirby and Toth, you know, and I liked how Eric, where Kirby would draw some things that are really wonky. You know, you yeah. look at figures going, wait, there's muscles where there's no mu This is kind of weird looking. Right. But it looks cool. Yeah. It, Eric made it look cool and feasible. Right, right, right. You know, and, you know, the, the fist in the foreground, the extreme foreshortening, you know, where Toth was more of the straight laced kind of, yeah, uh, when, when it's an action scene, yeah, there's action, but it's not over the top where Kirby right. is over the top. I feel anyway that Eric brought some of that, uh, grounded it more in realism, but gotcha. still had that Kirby flair. Yes, yes, I agree. And I see a lot, I, I think your style lends a lot to that too. And I haven't seen your Dungeons and Dragons type work or your other kind of production type work, but your comic work, you know, you, it's a good fit for a Savage Dragon type book. And I really enjoy your backups because. It's a good fit. Sometimes you get some backup artists or um, some guys that that work in Eric's sandbox, and it just it doesn't fit, um, and it, and it and it takes you out of it a little bit. But well, and stuff, I look at it as I look at it as um, almost like Toth with designing a model sheet. Eric's created these models, right? Stay to these models, so it's hard. You know, it, I I feel be hard for like a Travis Cherish to go in and try to draw a Savage Dragon book. Because yeah, you know, you get the guys that give Dragon the same the same proportion, like a regular proportions and it's like he has to have that massive upper body torso and the exactly. skinny legs and a fin. Yes, <laughs> it has to, it has to be right. Damn. It. Yeah. I, I think that's I think that is the mark of a good character design though. When when it goes off model, it just feels so wrong. Well, and it's, especially for Savage Dragon, when you have the same artist drawing it for you know two hundred issues, and that's you know that's what you're looking for. Um, yeah. Little changes here and there, a nice you know just to get another perspective. But you have to have the overall model kind of on, and when, when you start giving dragon tree trunk legs or something like that it just it pulls you out of it a little bit and it doesn't feel like a real character you know the real savage dragon i i agree a hundred percent you know it, it, you got to stay true to the model and eric eric's style is so distinct and his characters are so well not only are they diverse but that you look at them and it's how do you draw this any other way than how he's drawn it. So right. you're, you're ultimately you're influenced by how he's drawn it because you want to stay true to the character, right. you know, and that's, you know, yeah. how I feel about it, you know? So when I'm, when I'm playing in Eric sandbox, I, you know, I, I guess I, I, I appreciate him letting me play with his toys in the sandbox and I want to be respectful. Yeah. Right. I get that. So so let's talk about the first time you actually really got a full backup in Savage Dragon. So it was issue 132, which 
I think I have it down as like September 2007 was when it was published. So it's about eight years after your pinup is, is your first pinup. How did that come about? I emailed Eric and because I had seen that he was doing backups. And I was mm-hmm. like, Eric, uh, you may remember me from issue 66. I did the pinup. You know, I got the fin wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I even put that in the email. And I'm like, hey, I got the fin wrong. Uh, what would it take for me to, to do a backup for you? And uh, he emailed me back and said, well, what character do you want to do? Well, at that time, Francesco was doing the uh, She-Dragon yeah. everywhere. So, I mean, no offense, but She-Dragon, Francesco's DNA was all over She-Dragon. I didn't want to even try to follow him on She-Dragon. Right. And though she was a popular character, my favorite female character at the time and, and still kind of is, is Alex. Right. And I was like, well, I'd, I'd like to do an Alex backup. And he goes, okay. And I waited a couple of weeks. It hadn't heard anything email wise. And uh, I had done a pinup of Alex in the meantime of her sitting on the edge of the bed with the handcuffs and her, you know. Yeah, yeah. the real, like, kind of like real sexual yeah. kind of pose. Like, yeah, saucy. Racy, yeah. You see the silhouette of dragon on the wall, and uh, I sent him that, and uh, I had sent him an idea for a backup story, and I had called it Women's Intuition, and I did like little thumbnails of, mm-hmm. you know, how, uh, and it was going to be Alex was realizing that dragon was different, and she was sitting down and having a beer with Frank in a bar, and was like telling Frank all these instances where dragon didn't seem like dragon, right. You know, and, and, was, and just for the listener, this this backup story ties in with you know what you're talking about. Something that tied in with Savage Dragon '99, where you know our dragon, mine, at this point is has gone over to the Savage World, and to replace Dragon Dark Lord, uh, put in the 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 Dark World Dragon to to live in the Image Universe. Right. Exactly. I'm sure I've just confused everybody, but. But that's what we're talking about. So go ahead. Sorry. So, you know, she's sitting there telling Frank all this stuff because, yeah, for me, there's something about using characters that are kind of obscure. I like that. Yeah. You know, I I, I dig Frank. I dug Alex. And, you know, so I I did a little thumbnail and I kind of even did a little script. And he goes, you know what? I don't hate this. But what if we use that pinup that you did as a splash page? Dragon and Alex have sex. Dragon's brooding, and uh, he, he's thinking about the, you know everything about Dark World Universo. Uh, oh God, what's his name? Mother Mayhem and Universo. Yep, yep. Uh, and the destruction of the world and all of that. And you know, I had originally in my thumbnails had a parallel page. The last page was a parallel of. 99 where you know and it, it basically kept the same, i kept the same layout you know right. where it ended and uh I, he gave that to me he goes yeah i love that splash or that pinup will make that a splash page and you know we'll fit the rest of this in have at it it was it was written very marvel method where it was like literally a paragraph 
I got the six pages in a paragraph and it was like, okay. And so you did all your own layouts and stuff like, yeah, just let you run with it. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was really cool. And, uh, there was, you know, obviously edits along the way that silhouette sequence at the bottom, I ended up, it originally was a panel of them in coitus, uh, you know, because there was that, yeah, that, that shot where Dragon is behind Alex at one time. There's that right, 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 right. Right on top of Dragon at one time. So I was like, okay, well, let me do it. I can do it. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, uh, at that time, Eric's like, oh, you know, let's let's keep it a little bit more on the down low. And I'm like, all right, cool, cool. Uh, so then still I still get the picture, though. <laughs> yeah, and I so then I was like, how am I going to do this and make it kind of cool? So I did the silhouettes, but my little gimmick was, is I put in the alarm clock with the changing times, I think starting at seven, something, eight, something, nine, nine, nine something. And then like nine Oh one, it was over. So, but I, I think, you know, this backup is one of the all time greats in Savage Dragon because it, you know, it ties into like, gives you an explanation of, you know, what was going on before issue 99. It's got a lot of great characters and it's got a lot of like little brief appearances of cool characters. Yeah, you get to draw a um, lot of neat characters in this between Dragon and Alex, of course. And then you got Dark Lord and you drew Mother Mayhem and Universo. There, yeah, that that one page where uh, it's got like, you know, you know, it's the flashback and it's got, you know, kind of Dragon in the middle, like you were saying, Jim, the, the Dark Lord and Universo. Such a cool page. I love the last panel of that page where it's just like, you know, the brooding dragon kind of thinking about, you know, Earth exploding. And it's just such a neat panel. Well, I think, it, it I, just, you know, I think that might be Dark World. I might think he might be. Oh, Dark World. Yeah. Might be yeah. thinking about his home. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I wasn't given that. I That's something I added. I was like, okay, well, he's brooding about the, 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 the coming end, you know, yeah. and the end yeah. of the world. And, you know, I, I looked at it as it's either he's thinking of the impending doom or what has happened in the past. Right. You know, and that, you know, history might repeat itself. Well, so, it, it, that's kind of how I read it. Yeah. I, and if you look at this page again for for the listener, it's, uh, it's Savage Dragon 132, the backup in it, that the very last backup. Um, if you look at like the fir- the second page of the you know, you get that first page, which is the splash of Alex, and the second page, the one where you first see Dragon, he just looks like your Dragon. You know, the the Dragon we know. He's kind of he's he's looks cool and collected. He's got a smile on his face. He's he's just he's got like Dragon. He's boxers too. Yeah, yeah. And then as you go on through the tale, he just gets so brooding, and he just looks kind of like a villain. He's he's got these like these brooding looks. And even when he's, there's a picture of when he's getting like a peck on the cheek from Alex and he's got this, like this grin and it just still kind of looks evil. Yeah. It's more sly than, yeah, it's, it's just really cool storytelling. I, like, I really enjoy this. Look backup. what I'm pulling off here. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. And then, like you said, it ties in with 99 and that last page and it just, it's, it's a neat backup. Well, and, and I actually did a tribute because that's the year that Toth died. Really? And, yeah, and you have his, uh, you have him hanging up on the wall. And I yeah, actually but, talked to the Toth family and asked permission to put uh, Alex's logo. Oh, in, really? 
as as an homage and as a respect to because Alex Tilt and I were pen pals for the last three years of his life. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, yeah. So it was, you know, it was my tip of the hat, you know. That's awesome. To, to, yeah, because at first I noticed you had like, I think it's like Dave Matthews band or something on the wall. I'm a huge DMB fan. Elvis Costello maybe or something. I think I I'm see. A big, yeah. I love Elvis Costello morphine. Yeah. And uh, so you, you did all the coloring right on this tale as well. Like yes. Colors and everything. So you, you just, you know, threw your favorites on the wall and yeah, exactly. Uh, that's cool. Yeah. It, it, I, Dave Matthews is, you know, something that I'm always listening to when I'm doing artwork. So, yeah, yeah, so cool. Yeah, that like I said, it's it's a great little backup, um, and it's a real cool one to to get right out the gate. So I'm sure Eric saw that and really enjoyed your layouts on that and your ideas. Um, it sounds like you got, a, you know, you hear listen to some of these people that do backups or something, and it seems like Eric has a little more tight control. I know with like. Um, she dragon, I think Eric started by doing all the layouts for Francesco and stuff like that. And well, and that's something that I asked him. I was like, because you know, I had seen that he had done the layouts, and I was like, now are you laying this out or am I? What he goes off, have at it, you know. Yeah. So I was like, okay, you know. So he saw that first page, which is the splash, and uh, the rest was was history. Like I said, you know, I'd send him, send him the pages as, as they came out. And, uh, you know, like I said, the, what is it? The second page where he had me edit out the, the coitus and put in the, and I ended up, he said, be more subtle. And that's yeah. when I, the, uh, the alarm clock and the, the, uh, silhouettes, which I think makes an overall, kind of better story i think that's you know I, and that's part of eric too just kind of realizing what works and what doesn't but i think actually just kind of showing the silhouettes with you know it got you thinking on how to show less but more you know well and that's and, that's what toth has always said is you know uh less is more you know i believe he said uh think more and draw less and then what yeah. you draw draw the hell out of that's so cool. You know, I, I mean, it was a good lesson because, you know, it doesn't always have to be in your face. and You don't always have to shout. Sometimes those little subtle, quieter, you know, storytelling or pacing tells a story right. better than, you know, having it, you know, in your face. Right, right, So to right. speak. <laughs> so... Let's talk about um, your next backup then, issue 143. Uh, it's called Getting Ug Ugly, which you know was the backup. And again, it's it's another kind of Alex-centric tale um, and another kind of noir style. So it's like you know her kind of narrating the tale. Um, how did how did this one come about? Was this another one where you, you asked Eric and and? Yep, <laughs> I was like, give me more. I want more Alex Wild. Uh huh. Uh, I emailed him and then he came up with uh, getting ugly and uh, the the actual splash page I laid out I think once or twice and he didn't like either one of the layouts and he just did a quick little scribble mm -hmm. and said this is what I'm thinking 
I'm this like, is, so oh. the first page um, with Rita. The first page, listening. Yeah, the first page is, you know, uh, Red Giant, you know, crashing through the wall, and Alex is standing there. I had shot over Alex's shoulder like she had the revolver, you know, her service, yep. you know, revolver, and you were looking down, you know, like looking past her ear from behind her, and you were seeing all that. Well, Eric wanted her full figure from behind. And he ended up doing, like I said, a quick little scribble and I was a real quick layout. And I was like, oh, okay, got what you mean. Yeah. And, uh, and he even put, I think in an email, uh, there's times that I, I have a vision in my head and he goes, sometimes it's just easier for me to do a little doodle and then you get what I mean. And that was, he gave me that and then I laid out the rest. And again, it was the Marvel method where it was literally a paragraph you know, or a couple sentences for each page. Right, right. And uh, that's what uh, that's what came out, and uh, it, it was fun drawn, but ugly. Uh, yeah, yeah. He's a classic villain. I mean, he kills me. He's dead. I know, because he always appears like in random places, and he's you know up there with like like he's not that level villain like a Mako or you know uh, Cutthroat or anything, but. He's always like around, you know, he's always featured. One of my favorites is when uh, he's working in the diner where Dragon's uh, having uh, dinner with, I forget her name. She's the, the assistant director when he's right. doing the, the, the shit or the, yeah, the yeah. commercial. And, and but uh, he's like, it, the, the cook's like, isn't that your art nemesis? And he takes the stove and crushes it over Dragon. And he's like, uh, you're going to pay for this. I think right, right. two bucks is, you know, what I paid for the shirt. You know, it, it just, he's always been there and he's always been a cool character. Now he's gone. Yeah, uh, I know. glad that I was able to draw him, you know. Did you get to pick the villain or did Eric, Eric stay with the villain? Eric cool. picked all the characters in that one except for Alex. I was like, give me another Alex story. Well, and this tale is, is, is an, another great, I think it's a really well written tale on Eric's behalf because it gives you that other side again. And it kind of harkens back to like the early Savage Dragon issues where like now you're putting in an Alex place and you realize like how dangerous the vicious circle goons are because by, by this time, you know, Dragon's faced Vicious Circle so many times, and he's beaten the piss out of Bud Ugly, and Bud Ugly kind of comes off as a buffoon. Even though he's a super strong guy to Dragon, he's kind of just like a run-of-the-mill villain. But when you think of it in terms of like the Chicago police force and they have to deal with these guys, I mean, you're kind of scared for Alex in, in this, uh, you know, in this little backup because she's way out overpowered, you know? Right, she's got that one oh. little bit where she's wishing she had the battle tank armor or the power gloves or something right yeah, yeah. yeah. And well, she actually shoots him and it does nothing you know it bounces off the back of his head and then he crushes and collapses part of the building and she's injured and i originally had tears coming down her cheeks and that uh on one of the pages when she's talking uh-huh. to uh when she's on the phone talking to angel and eric's like come on dude She's manning up. She's a cop. She's not going to be crying. So I ended up having to take out the tears, which, you know, I was like, cool. You know, hey, excellent. She's she's a tough chick. Yeah. And, but yeah. it still comes across that she's scared shitless, but she's not going to cry. It's not she's her not character. Gonna cry. Exactly. 
And, you know, it was one of those things where Eric was like, you know what? You know, she's tougher. She's tougher than that. Right. You know, she's she's just Chicago cop here. (laughs) Um, I wanted to say you you did the coloring on this as well, right? Yeah. Because I want to say you did some really interesting things with texturing on this one. I got better (laughs) from the, you know, between uh, 132 and this one, I'd grown accustomed doing more and more, uh, you know, coloring. So uh, there was a a nice gap in between, I think like a 10 issue, 12 issue gap between the two. So I, there was a lot more than that because, you know, some of the issues might've been coming out infrequently. So, well, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm guessing I'm going numerically. Right. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, well, the first one, 132, I waited almost a year for my backup to... Actually appear. To, yeah, because you signed it like 2006, and I think it didn't, like, it wasn't published till like 2007. Like yeah, that. yeah, and that's when Eric was, I think, working as publisher, and there was that, that gap where there was almost a year between, you know, issues... Yeah, yeah. For that real long time. And I was like, oh, and then when it came out, I was like, I could do way better than this, you know? Yeah. But like Jim was saying, the texturing, it comes across pretty cool. I mean, I'm guessing, if I remember, this building's like in the danger zone or whatever. So it's like a rundown and you got the real grimy kind of textures on the walls and stuff. It it looks neat. I think I I liked the coloring a lot more than what Nikos was doing at the time. I think yeah. that, that stuck with me is that the backup, the coloring wise, I enjoyed it a lot more. Oh, well, thank you. And that, that, that's saying a lot because I love Nikos's work. Well, I, I, I like Nikos now, but back when he was first starting out, I thought it was a little bit odd. Am I just taking a Yeah, it, it was definitely a little bit uh, different than what we were used to for years. It was a lot of those like flares and yeah, a lot, a lot of stuff uh, like that and dodge tool. Yeah. Well, it was it was definitely in your face, like poppy, right? But you know, I the same thing has been said about my colors as well. Is that uh, it's a little too poppy? So you know, and you know, when I when I did that, I had colored it, and that was I think right before when I was doing that issue. It was before, right before, right after Nikos has had started. You know, color as the colorist, right? You know, because uh, Eric had gone through the. Uh, I'm gonna have. He was looking for a colorist. Yeah. You know? Yep. So, you know, I think I was in the midst of coloring it, and he had picked Nikos, and I, you know, I was like, I think it was the issue before when Nikos de- debuted, and I was like, oh, this guy's doing exactly or similar to what I'm doing, you know. Yeah, I think was it like the Godland issue or something where Nikos kind of. I think so. I th- I th- yeah, I like that issue. I, I the, Nikos was weird too because it, it would it seemed like he was just kind of experimenting as it went along, so he didn't come out with like a a style that kind of stuck, and he would play around with different things. And I'm wondering if that was kind of Eric just kind of being like, try this or try this. But um, I think it just took him a little while to settle in, and. Uh, but I, I enjoy his stuff. I mean, there, there was hit or miss issues, but yeah, overall, I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean like I said, I'm a, I'm a fan of his now. I think he, he's found a nice, 
middle ground from what he was doing early on. Well, I, I was just saying that in comparison, I, I actually feel that this story is actually a little bit darker in coloring, at least compared to what Nikos was doing at the time. So you say that people say your colors are like really bright. You do a lot of things with color. Yeah. Personally, I think that just the, uh, the the texturing you do with the dilapidated buildings just kind of, I, I don't know, it gives it a good contrast, I think. Yeah, it fits for that story. Thanks. Uh, even the sun shines on a dog's ass some days, I guess. <laughs> so I'm just going to roll through um, the stuff that you've done in Savage Dragon. I know you've done some other stuff, and we'll, we'll skip to that, and we can talk to that about that a little later. But let's just go through some of the other things in Dragons. This is some real interesting stuff. You did um, the Toastus ad in, in uh, skipping to 188, which was just around the corner. We, we just had 188. Yeah, it was, um, it was a bit of a gap uh since your last time you were in, uh, what did you have going on during that time? Uh, what, in between... 143 uh, do, and 180? I was doing a lot of gaming. Uh, yeah, yeah you, you said you did a lot of uh, gaming-related artwork. I was working on Harlan Falk uh, as well. So, uh, case files of Harlan Falk, I was working on penciling, inking, and coloring that. Uh, you know, uh, that's pretty much what I'd, I'd been doing in that time, you know, it, just a, a boatload of gaming work. Yeah. And uh, Question, and, did you do your gaming work under a pseudonym? Because I'm trying to look up your magic card work and I'm not having any luck. Um, it was a subsequent card. I, I did, uh, gosh, did stuff for Deadlands, Burning Sands. Oh, okay. Uh, they, they were, they were, they were subsequent card series based off of the magic gotcha they're yeah they're all collectible card games yeah yeah so uh i did that i did a couple of things that, you know but this was earlier before i did uh, stuff for uh eric and savage dragon but you know i did a gotcha. lot of stuff for shadow run battle tag oh that's cool i know all of those things this is yeah. all Greek to me, but I'll... Uh... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shadowrun Battletech, uh, Mutants and Masterminds, a lot of work for Mutants and Masterminds, which is basically a superhero... Role-playing game. Uh, Role-playing yeah. game. Yeah, I own a copy. I should probably pull it out. So, uh, you know, I've done some covers for them. I've done tons of interiors for that. Um, uh, did a lot of stuff for L5R, for those of you who don't know, uh, Legends of Five Rings, which was samurai-oriented uh, role-playing game. Um, I did uh, collectible card games for L5R as well. And it just, you know. Yeah, it sounds like you've, you've, you've kept busy in the, in the uh, uh, fantasy art department. Uh, yeah, and that's sort of, I'm trying to transition it more so into comics because that's where my passion is. Right. Cool. So, and I, I do want to talk more about the case files of Harlan Falk after we talk some of the Savage Dragon stuff because that seems like a real interesting book. Um, but um, I do want to get through some of this stuff. I know we're kind of limited on time. Um, your Toastus ad in issue 188. I remember seeing on your blog a, a little slight different, a variation on that. And I know you said, like on your blog, you said, oh, you know, this this ad's not going to see print in Savage Dragon because the gag's too obvious. Um, 
But yeah, we did see it in 188. What changed there? I know it was originally called like hair pie or something, which is hilarious. Yeah, it was called <laughs> hair pie diplomacy. Because I, I like the play on words. Yeah. Know? And there is such thing as a hair pie. Uh-huh. And hence the rabbit holding the pie. Right, right. You know, I, I just thought it was funny. Nothing brings bipartisan politics to Washington like a good hair pie. Uh, <laughs> and, and that's, hey, I sent it to Eric and Eric was, uh, he was like, you, you know, and God bless Adam Pruitt because if it wasn't for Adam, you know, uh, pushing the issue, if we need to change or add more dialogue or we could make it more heated debate, not thinking that it had to do with the euphemism for vagina that, <laughs> you know, as Eric so elegantly put it, and, you know, <laughs> the problem I have is not the, the, the art or anything else except for the euphemism for vagina. Air pie is the, I'm like, okay. Um, That's easy. So, so the toasty guy <laughs> was, uh, was a rabbit before? Yes, he was, it, it was a rabbit with a, a, a chef's hat holding the pie and with a, with a shit eating grin on his face. Gotcha. Uh, and you can, you can see that on Scott's blog. Scott, can you give the address to your blog? Yeah. Uh, Scott James art at blogspot.com. Yeah. So you can see that original and compare it to what was printed. Yeah. So I thought it was dead in the water, but Adam kept it alive and, uh, <laughs> and he goes, well, what if we, 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 renamed it what if you renamed it what if you renamed it so we came up with toastus and then i redid the the logo of the 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 toast guy holding the pie you know and i was like yeah it works it's to me it wasn't as funny right but you know i think hostess was going out of business about that time so they were (laughs) they were well and uh at first adam was like well what if we did the home run pie? Well, home run pie went out of business, I guess, right. before. Yeah. So uh, that was dead in the water. So we we manufactured our own company called Toastus. <laughs> so, which I hear, I didn't even think about it uh, until I heard on your your uh, podcast that it reminded you of the toast guy from Powder Toast Man. Oh, yeah. Potter Toast Man, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, oh, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> and so so that brings us now, so you did 188, and now you're in issue 190, and now the new issue 191, so... Seemed to be on a bit of a roll. Yeah, yeah, so... Yeah, and I also colored Frank's stuff in uh, his... That's right. His Zeke the story. Zeke, the Zeke story, yeah, that's right, which... I know we uh, we praised the coloring on that because I remember talking about that the lighting of like the the, the cars and stuff when he's smashing the cars. Um, we enjoyed the, the the coloring on that. Oh, thanks. Um, so you you you've been contributing a lot in in the past uh, few months or few years. I don't know how long it's actually taken these things to see the light of day, but um, I hate to keep asking you this, but how did these like? Was a deadly duo max damage kind of a package deal, or was one done in the can and then Eric came back and said, "You want to do max damage?" Or I think max damage was written by Gavin, so was that yeah. Gavin approaching you? Well, yeah, um, 
Gavin and I had been talking for a couple months. And, and this is sorry, this is Gavin Higginbotham, the the editor of Savage Dragon, for the listeners who's been writing some of the backups. And, and all knowing Gavin, Gavin <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, he and I had been talking, you know, back and forth, email or through Facebook, and uh, it, we were going to do a backup, and we had talked about doing uh, a a uh, multiple story backup at one point and it never came came to be Eric had issues wanted things tweaked or whatnot and at that same time he had written the Zeke backup which Eric was like yeah given the green light to well he ended up giving it to Frank to do gotcha and he had asked me if I wanted to uh, if I'd be interested in coloring it. I said, well, yeah, man, anything to be a part of, you know, Dragon, you know, right. I prefer drawing. Well, at the same time, he had gotten the, the green light for the uh, max damage backup. So uh, I had finished, I had had a sh shoulder injury at that time. So I'd been working on, on my drawing arm. So I'd been working coloring uh, and then afterwards, I, I started uh, penciling the the max damage. Well, then we went on, my family and I went on vacation to Florida, and I brought down the, the max damage to work on. And while down in Florida, Eric emailed me about 190 and wanting right. to, to be part, you know, do the kill cat and deadly duo backup and in 190 and i was like yeah sure and so so he called telling you about his uh, format experimentation what he wanted yeah. to do yeah and that was definitely you know i was like oh anytime eric is playing and trying to do really cool things like that i thought it was a really cool concept and idea and i was just happy that he asked me to be a part of it you know and i was like yeah not a problem so he sent me the story. I was down in Florida uh, sitting poolside trying to lay lay it out. And this was another instance where I had done the, uh, the, the first panel layout or the splash page because the way I laid out my pages, I had done them for the uh, full size. Or... I did it oh, for okay. digest. I laid it out digest-wise. Not... Right. So you did digest first? Well – Considering they were going to be the same, I had just did it digest wise so I could see how the two pages would look juxtaposed or, you know, right. side by side. Um, and Eric goes, Well, why are you doing it that way? And I explained, He goes, Oh, that makes sense. So, but he didn't like this, my original splash page because I had the villain in there being knocked. You know, he was in the foreground. I had Kill Cat, and it was similar, but. It was uh, Kill Cat, and I had more of an establishing shot showing the location, and uh, the the villain was coming out more towards you. You saw the whole villain. So, you know, I had done a couple different takes on it, and he was like, you know, the villain's not the, the main part of this. Right. right. You know, uh, let's, you know. Take, uh, put his head outside the panel. And he didn't even say that. He said, as soon as he put, oh, the villain's not the main 
person, you know, focus more on Kill Cat and uh, uh, Kid Avenger. And I'm like, okay. I go, I bet he wants just like he's done before in the past where you got the legs or the yeah. legs and or something and the rest of the characters off panel. So I started to lay that out. And as soon as I'm starting to lay it out, and I just kind of roughed it in. I get an email and Eric had done another scribble, you know, <laughs> loose layouts. And it was damn near exactly to what I had. Gotcha. Yeah. It's done. And I was like on, Damn, he beat me to the punch. Yeah, it's kind of annoying too, because it'd be nicer to be like, "Hey, look, I, I you know, I know what you want." You know, you know I, I figured it out myself. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, you know, and I, had, I emailed Eric back. I go, "Geez, I go, I, I just done something very similar." So, you know, he had then that was the layout that I went from for the first panel or the the, you know, the the splash page, depending on which format you're looking at. With 190, and so in in the villain that that's your creation, the ramrod guy. Yeah, yeah. So that's I, cool. it was a character I created back in college. So it was like one of those, you know, it's a throwaway bad guy. Do you mind if I throw in one of my guys? I, there was another character I was going to throw in there, uh, and then I was like, yeah, I'm going to save him. Yeah, yeah. So uh, and that's cool that Eric was cool with it. Now you got your like little kind of little piece in savage dragon you know what i mean your your creator own guys gracing the pages of savage dragon yeah yeah you know along the sides of you know along the lines of you know lobster johnson yeah. you know yeah. so or, uh, not lobster johnson but uh what's it uh jimbo, jimbo. the mighty lobster yeah. oh jimbo the mighty lobster yes lobster johnson is a uh... Magnolia's Hellboy. Yeah. That's the, yes, I'm confusing the two. Yes, but uh, Jimbo, the Mighty Lobster. Gotcha. No, I knew what you meant. We, Thank we you. all did. Well, the the art in this um, it's done a little bit different, right? Is this all just pencils? Yeah, it looks Is like pencils. Any... Yeah, yeah, they were just pencils that I uh, manipulated and photoshopped to get them a little bit darker, and then uh, you use the color to. Uh... Really put it in the detail, right? Yeah, yeah. And then I also colored over the pencil line in areas and, you know, it, it added texture that way. I That's love kind the, of um, that. I, I'd done Harlan Falk, the case files of Harlan Falk. So it was like, okay, because I, I, I feel my redundancy becomes repetitive when I ink because I pencil so tight. Quite tight. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, it's like, okay, literally, I'm a tracer at this point. Right. <laughs> I, I, it's not unusual. I see a lot of artists do that these days. Well, well, especially since you're doing your own stuff. Well, yeah, if I wasn't coloring it, you know, and with issue 191, I had uh, somebody else uh, ink my stuff. And I, I, there's always things that I would do differently if I was inking myself. Right. So it's it, it's killing, I guess, two birds with one stone. I, I, I get to be – this is how I want to represent myself, so to speak, you know. Right, right, right. Uh, line work-wise. So. Yeah, and it came out great. It looks good. Thanks. Uh, it just – it was I, – I, I think that if it was sandwiched in between the killer Frank Fosco 
and the killer Eric Larson, you know, <laughs> all the action, and you had the little, you know, it would have been a happy sandwich. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. I mentioned in the pre in the in the in the fincast that this wasn't my favorite of the issue, but you did have a hard act to follow. And it wasn't. And it wasn't the art. I thought the art was great. It's just I felt Eric's story uh, it's, was a, it's little a, thin. Well, it's it's a kill cat kind of goof story, you know. And it's hard. I think um, I forget who we were talking about. If it was, it was Adam or something. Adam on, uh, said it. You know, yeah. when, when you're dealing with talking heads and yes, yeah, you know, trying to make that as interesting. And that's where I felt like I failed, Eric. That I was like, oh, I didn't make it as interesting as I maybe I could have done something different to no, make. No, you know, it's just it. it it reminded me it's the same kind of thing kind of like what was going on in, in Eric's like 24 hour comic if you remember uh, the Herculean it's yeah. kind of like you, you just have a running gag with basically people talking and you you try to make it a superhero comic while having action in the background right and it's it's a hard thing to pull off and I don't think that you failed um, in terms of that I, I just I, I think it worked I just you know I, I went more for like the action of the Frank Fosco kind of thing, but um, I don't think anyone could do this much better than what you did. You know, it's not in terms of oh you failed. It, it wasn't exciting enough. It was it was meant to be a kind of a, a gag strip, and uh, you know I I think it came out great. Well, um, I, I appreciate that, but it, yeah, the, the most action I had was in the first panel or the exactly. first page, you know, <laughs> where Ramrod's getting knocked out, and then it's, you know, it's just, still Cat trying to, you know, flirting with a girl and trying to close the deal, and then realizing that he's ill-equipped and unprepared to do it. Yeah, 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 and I think the, the whole gist just was to get out, of, like, you know, Kill Cat's just not used to somebody not rejecting him, you know, someone's actually falling in love with him, and he doesn't know how to handle it. Yeah, he, he's succumbing to the pressure, you know, and I couldn't believe the line, and, you know, kill kid, I want you in me. I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, th- yeah, yeah. I read that, too, and it was like, wow. So, so, so <laughs> does Eric do the dialogue, or do you do the dialogue? I, I had, no, Eric did the dialogue. I just did the the the, uh, the drawing. You know, he, he basically said the girl's coming on to kill cat hard. He's sweating bullets. You know, once he realizes that she's interested. Right that uh, he's sweating bullets and doesn't know what to do. And Kid Avenger uh, in the background has been asking, you know, for help. And as he's, you know, trying to lift this, you know, big, big villain, yeah. up, he, he drops him on her. And then uh, she said, I think in the description, it simply said uh, she, she says something about wanting kill cat and uh as she's unconscious or going out of, you know becoming unconscious and kill cat is like kid can't we here maybe i should help you can't we move a little can't we move faster right Let's, so he could get back to her so you know, so, that, so so you drew all the, all the art and then you passed it on to eric who did all the lettering after yeah. so you, did you see it in its final form before or after print uh, I saw it before because Adam had sent it to the me. Digital files, yeah. Digital files, so I could, uh, you know, because I, I had no idea what was going to be written. Right. You know, <laughs> I knew the premise of the story, but I didn't know what the dialogue was. Yeah, cool. yeah, that's interesting. So, yeah, so, I mean, 
it was cool to see. It was, uh, you know, I was like, wow, you know, I always get excited because it, it's something to always see it lettered. You know, I, you know, I stare at the artwork unlettered for days on end. <laughs> so when wondering what these guys are going to actually say, <laughs> if they're actually say, or if I'm writing something like when I did the pie ad, I, I wrote the dialogue for, you know, I wrote the pie ad. Right. Yeah. I knew what they were going to say, but it's still something about seeing the words coming out of the mouths that yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. It, it, it's, it's tangible. It's real now. They're actually, yeah. saying, you know, I get, that. I get that. So I want to kind of just move along cause I do want to, talk about of course the max damage backup and i do want to also talk about some of the stuff you're working on not related to savage dragon and i know we're kind of uh getting up there on time so um the max damage backup the the um the cover to this backup is inked by larson right yeah did you get to keep that (laughs) yes i did nice yes it's in my collection that's you know? really awesome yeah yeah uh, eric did a hell of a job i mean uh, just to have my art inked by eric you know being a big fanatic <laughs> you know yeah. and love and dragon it, it was just cool to have him ink my a, a piece of mine you know. Right, right, right. Yeah, did, no, he's a legend. Did you put in all the little details of um, oh, what's his name? Uh, weed. Weed. Or... Yeah, all the little details on weed, or did Eric uh, put in all the little details? I did, and he changed some of them, and he kept some of them. But you know, but yeah, I had a, a, a crap ton of details, and I think I even put a little ladybug on a leaf. Oh, um, really? Or <laughs> yeah, so. Yeah, I. Oh, I found I the ladybug. Uh, yep. <laughs> right up to the logo. Yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. cool. I know. I know. Earlier, you were talking about how you love stories with like you know some obscure characters, and so we have Gavin Higginbotham writing this. You know, you're gonna every character he can get to tie in with past issues, he's gonna put in there. So yes. this seems like it'd be something up your alley. I mean, you get uh, Bruce Jerry. Ball. Yeah, Bruce Love, like of all people, Jerry Rivers who appears again, who I, always cracks me up because you know it's of course a play on Geraldo Rivera, it's just Jerry Rivers, you know. Well, he was he changed his name to Geraldo. <laughs> I but wasn't Geraldo's original name Jerry Rivers? It, was it? Might be. I didn't know that. That could be a I cool it, trivia. I didn't know that. I think it was. I think he changed his name to Geraldo Rivera. <laughs> So this is or, or vice versa. I could see Jerry Rivers being a stage name. So this was based on a script by, uh, I mean, a story by Gavin, right? Yeah. Did he? How, so how does he do his scripting? Uh, Marvel method as well. Ah. So it, it basically it was a a you know paragraph for each page, and it you know you know. Uh, and the way it breaks down is like each sentence is a panel. So, you know, depending on the size of the paragraph, you know, it could be a five sentence, a paragraph or, or a, you know, six sentence paragraph or three sentence paragraph or one sentence, like for the splash page when we 
uh, Major Disaster, who I had no clue who Major Disaster was. From it, Force, he was the right? hardest one for me to draw in that whole thing because. And he looks a little different than how he's drawn in Freak Force, but I really like it because I like the way you've drawn his face and stuff. I, I, I liked your take on the character. Oh, thanks. I, you know, and he was he only showed up. Gavin sent me a couple scanned pages. Yeah. And, and they were really dark. Uh, and there were only a couple panels that he, I guess he showed up in yeah, yeah. one issue of Freak Force. Yeah. So it really didn't give me a lot to go from. So it was no. like it's a big muscle guy with an M. Yeah, yeah. It's like Hmm. Okay, it looks like he's got a flaming head and all of that. So yeah, he's talking. He's talking. Uh, oh, he's talking about major disaster. Jim, why do I? Yeah, not Max. Yeah, oh, why do I keep thinking mixing him up? <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I can understand how yeah. that guy would be obscure. Yeah, I can't imagine <laughs> I mean, he's showing up more than three or four times. And your your take on weed is really cool. I love that splash page because. Eric's kind of done that same thing. It just has got that pop. Like it looks like his arms just exploding with vines. So you're, you know, his leg or his arm. You can just get that feeling. Like those vines are just kind of blown right out of his arm and and just. Well, you know, you know he really reminds wrangling everything. He really reminds me of like Super Patriot as at his most tentacly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I could see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, He's got that funny thing where he's got like the vines kind of make that the little like underwear, you know. So he's kind of like got underwear made out of the vines. It's, it kind of looks like the Vanguard style underwear. But in every shot you see him, the he's kind of his vine. Yeah, Literally. his vines give him that. It's, yes, it's pretty hilarious. He's a great character. I'm glad he didn't die. Yeah, well, and he was actually a lot of fun to draw. And if you can't tell, I tended to focus more on weed because yeah, yeah. you can tell it, it. It's it's great. It looks fun. I was more familiar with him as a character than Major Disaster. And Eric ended up doing some edits. Uh, you know, uh, originally Major Disaster's hand when he's punching uh, Max Damage, it was uh-huh. orange and it was all highlighted, and uh, he ended up. It, zero are changing it to brown and then huh. so those colors on that hand on that one hand on uh, gosh what is it page three yeah four four uh, page four uh, eric ended up changing the colors last minute because huh. it's like you know if this is going to be a swan song we should get his power right because i he, he's like an elemental right he like can he controls pollution and he controls pollution and i didn't fully understand what his power was so it, he thought it looked like he was extending his arm, not creating the arm out of pollution or the hand out of pollution. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. I, I could totally see it too. But it looks like it could look like you were going like too crazy with foreshortening or something like that if you kept it all one color. Yeah, and and that was me not knowing the character as well, and him only. I think he only showed up what one time in uh, Freak Force. It, probably yeah, for like two panels or something. Yeah. And he wasn't actually a character I don't think Eric designed, if uh, I remember correctly. I think Gavin told me that. It was probably like Vic Bridges or something designed him. Yeah, so it was like, okay, well, you know, if you notice, he, he tends to be in the background in a lot of the <laughs> a lot of the pages just because it's like I wasn't fully comfortable drawing. Yeah. You know, I was like, okay. 
Yeah, you know? uh, it's a great strip though. It focuses on some obscure characters. Weed's a great villain and gives him some more light. And it's kind of like they're a little team of kind of environmentally focused villains. They're fighting. They think they're fighting the good fight. You know, it's it's cool. I like the way it came out. Of course, Max Damage is a big oaf and he's you know just a dumbass and just fumbles through and calls yeah, for a victory. I love his his design though. He's a cool design character. Reminds me of like the typical kind of like eighties like hero. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, smile on his face and oh wait, I saved the day. What do you mean? Yeah. How the hell did that happen? <laughs> you know, and I and made it a point to tip the hat to Eric in this as well on uh, page three when Weed snaps uh, Bruce's neck. I, I, uh, for lack of a better word, I don't know if I, should, if it, it's called aping, but I, I based it off of when uh, Weed had killed uh, the Chicago Bull. Oh, okay, yep, yeah. Where you know, I, I kind of played off of the pacing of what Eric had done with that, with you know the killing of Bruce. I'll have to go you back know? and check yeah, that. I, I, Do you remember what issue like- that was? It was, uh, it was during gang war. Yeah, right, right. 20 something, 20. But yeah, I, I don't, I don't remember the specifics, but now that you mention it, I can sort of recall. Yeah, where he, yeah. he, he, where he grabs he, Chicago Bull and then you hear the snap off panel and then you got his like him laid out. Yeah. And then they had the guy saying, take him out back, chop him up for burgers or something. <laughs> exactly. Oh, wait. Hey, Cookie, I've got an idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, yeah. Very I mean, cool. Gavin has got a great, you know, a great mind and concept for you know backups. I, I loved doing this with him. Yeah, you know? yeah. He's probably got like forty backups written or something like that. Like, you know, well, this is probably like his twentieth one he pitched before. I know. Always talking to him, he's always got something like up his sleeve or something he's thinking about and doing and forever since I've really talked to him on the internet and stuff like that. He's always been kind of thinking about some kind of backup story or something. I mean, the guy just, you know, just breathes Savage Dragon. He's, you know, he's an, the, the, the named editor for a reason now. And it's, it's like, there's yeah. no one that, that really loves he's this. Got as much as him. He's got a hell of an original art collection as well. <laughs> yeah, I know. Has he got any of your pieces? No, no, no. But uh, he did say that if anything ever happens to him, I get the Savage Dragon collection. So <laughs> uh, he told he, us uh, the same thing. <laughs> Go figure. Yeah. No, he's got a ton of yeah. Eric stuff. He's got a ton of Frank Fosco art. Yes, he uh, does. He's, he's got a, a boatload, and, and some of the stuff is just really, I mean, he's got like a full, couple full issues, I think, of Dragon. Yep, he bought a few, and he's got a lot of Frank Fosco. I don't know about complete. He might have the whole Rockhouse Diner, except for two pieces or something. I think so. Yeah. He's He's got um, Savage Dragon versus Superman, like, uh, pretty much. That, that was the first everything. one he got his hands on, or he started getting his hands on. I have It was one like the page. only available Larson-drawn Savage Dragons he could buy at the time. Yeah, yeah, I have one of those pages, and he always like gives me a hard time about it. But it was the first Eric Larson page I ever owned, 
And I bought it at the New York Comic Con when him and Chris Eliopoulos were sitting at the same table. So they both signed it and everything. So I'm like, it's kind of hard for me to give that yeah. up. Yeah, I don't blame you. But you know, we'll I see. Couple, I got a couple Eric Larson pieces, which, you know, and, well, and then I have his inks on, on that back cover, which, you know, I, I, I've tried not to drool on. <laughs> that's the best thing, because that's your work with, you know, a master inking over your work like i'm sure you know you look at that and it's just like wow like that that's that's something really neat yeah it doesn't happen every day which you know it's like oh you know obviously he he liked my stuff enough to ink the cover so you know i'm very appreciative for that i noticed you reused it for a panel yes i did I always liked when the uh, in comics when the uh, cover, the cover. <laughs> tied into somehow into the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had originally put in my the the I photostatted my pencils and Ian Sherman who did the primarily the inks on this. Uh, I was gonna ha- he he actually I think inked it and then I was like well. It would save me less time coloring since I've already colored it once. Right. If I just throw it in there in that spot. So I did. Cool. Yeah. So so we should probably talk a little bit about your other work. Yeah, yeah. I wanna I wanna get that in. Um, case files of Harlan Falk. I know originally I think it was slated to come out in August. Yeah, and I think last we talked, you said December now. Um, just for like our listeners, um, can you give us a little synopsis on, on what it is and how you're involved? Yeah, um, I was working uh, on Starship Troopers with uh, writer Cy Defong, uh from England, and uh, he and I kind of hit it off uh, working on uh, Starship Troopers, and he had this idea for. Uh, a, a book, and uh, we ended up create, co-creating the, the case files of Harlan Falk, uh, which is basically uh, Harlan is a hostage negotiator, uh, which he ends up finding himself in a situation that he's ill-equipped and unprepared for, because he ends up dealing with a child's invisible friends. Oh, that's neat. Who he's in, in their rock, paper, and stone. Um, or wait, uh, scissor, paper, and stone. Uh, or rock, paper, scissor. Uh, right. <laughs> he calls them stone. It's a yeah. British thing, yes. Uh, <laughs> so what, to me, the, 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 invisible, the invisible friends have taken the kid hostage? Yes, because That's he's, clever. About ready, he's about ready to outgrow them huh. and want their right to exist. So Harlan, who is a like he's the creme de la creme of hostage negotiators, he's called in to, to, to broker this deal. And this is his first case, which sets him on his on his path to be a supernatural negotiator hmm. where he brokers deals between devils and, and angels and fairy tribes and trolls and, you know, yeah. These otherworldly things, but this is, is this four issue miniseries starts 
on his first case with uh, this this kid who who's about ready to outgrow his his invisible friends, and these invisible friends kill his parents, and Falk botches the deal. Oh, and the kid is killed. Well, when the kid's killed, the friends no longer exist. The invisible friends no longer exist. And it, it sends him in a downward spiral because he's never failed before. Hmm. So he goes into this alcoholic, you know, dark place. And he then starts to, to believe in these otherworldly things and starts brokering deals this way. Well, the main villain, Mr. Scissor, from, you know, out of the Invisible Friends, comes back to life because there was one survivor out of the family, and that was uh, the kid's younger brother who witnessed and saw him. And since he saw Scissor, he believes in Scissor. Right. So Scissor's come back and is wreaking havoc, and Harlan's called back onto the case. And... Uh, we've got a, a, a wonderful cast of characters and you go through different realms and uh, different uh, as he's brokering uh, you, you get to witness and broker deals with uh, uh, monsters that live in the closet you know to where yeah, yeah. There's, there's a scene where this girl uh has got monsters that live in her closet and they've taken her mother's cat. Well, the mother thinks the daughter has done something to the cat. And uh, Harlan brings a contract and it's very, very British-like where he's prim and proper. Mm. And it, the, the little girl's got to sign the contract. She's got to leave the door open so many degrees each night uh, and the monsters will leave her and her family alone. These are, you know, these are certain, basically he's brokering a deal. You know, if you do X, Y, and Z, they won't do this, that, the other thing. So, yeah, they won't haunt you or scare you or exactly. tag along. No, that sounds really That cool. sounds wild. That sounds yeah. really cool. And uh, we end up meeting a character called Hellbilly, or William, uh, who is the invisible friend to the brother who is also the protector of the of the brother and him and Harlan start out at odds and at, by the end of it uh, since the brother is, is getting up there in age and isn't believing in William so much anymore uh, they, they Harlan brokers a deal with William to be his protector so that as long as Harlan draws breath William will continue to exist. That's cool. Yeah, I, it's, it's a cool read. And, and, and Sai is a really good writer. Um, and uh, we've had a blast. You know? And you said, you said it's four issues, but is it four issues or is it a trade? Or it, It's going to be a trade. It's going to be four okay. chapters. I did okay. the, ended up drawing the first two chapters. Alex Johns took over and drew the last two chapters. Gotcha. And so, like, if someone hearing about this for the first time, how can they uh, order this? Or is it available to order yet? Or is yeah, it still? Uh, 
I would uh, talk to your local comic shop because uh, I'm sure it's going. I know it's going through Diamond. Okay. Okay. So, so it's going to be in previews. I'm not sure. Yeah, it'll be in previews. I don't. I'm not certain when it's going to be solicited. I know. I I just emailed them. There was a few editorial changes that uh, had to be made on the last two chapters. Uh, and it's it's. It's out of Marcosia Comics, is the, yeah, the publisher. Yeah, yeah. yeah Marcosia. So, yeah, uh, it, it, it's it's near and dear to my heart because you know it, I've worked on it for for some time, and you know it, to me, you know these are characters that I co-created and I did the design work for, and they're like your babies, your children. Yeah, yep. no, it's that sounds really neat. You know, it, it yeah, like you said, it's create our own. It's your stuff. Um, but yeah, we'll uh, we'll keep our eyes out for it. If uh, if I find out the order order code or something, we'll post it on uh, the podcast site or uh, on uh, the dragonfan.net. And I know uh, we had posted some information previously um, when Adam brought it up, but I think had been some changes or you know it's been postponed a little bit so yeah there were some editorial for like i said the uh, last two chapters uh had uh, some things that needed changing and uh, so uh, you know now that that's taken care of i know it's you know uh basically uh getting set for pre-press so cool. yeah and keep us in the loop and if, you know we'll we'll help push it so um Thank you. I appreciate it. And then, uh, I guess, lastly, I, I, I'm excited to talk to you about this Mob Files comic. You had kind of briefly explained to me over email. Um, it's it's some a project where uh, you and Frank Fosco are involved. Frank Fosco from uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and the recent Vanguard serials and Zeke and stuff like that, who's uh, you know a fan favorite. Uh, can you explain a little bit about that? Yeah. Uh- God, years ago, I, I created the, the, the concept or the idea of mob files, and uh, uh, it, it stems around this private detective who almost works as like our, our, our crypt keeper, mm-hmm. you know, from Tales of the Crypt. Yeah, yep. Uh, Tobias Lindblade is his name, and <laughs> he introduces each file. Gotcha. You know, for each chapter or each issue, and uh, he, and he closes it. He, you know, I guess it's also like the the three witches from the Witching Hour. Yep, yep. No, I totally understand where you're coming from. It's kind of where I got the idea from because being a big Toth fan, you know, mm-hmm. Witching Hour was was pretty big for me. Um, and basically, the, there are these mob stories done very Quentin Tarantino. Uh, it takes place in the, the, the 60s and 70s Chicago mob. Gotcha. And they're, you know, uh, they're, the stories, are, some of them are out of order, but they all connect. Oh, wow. And, yeah. So uh, really like kind of like a Tarantino, like different parts of the story, but they're all, you got a running kind of connection yeah. going on. And the, I've written uh, the – I'm writing it. Frank is – you know, I've talked to Frank via email numerous times and on the phone, and uh, he's going to lay it out. I'm going to draw issues one and three out of his first four chapters, 
and he's going to do uh, two and four. And uh, the, the first chapter is called The Rat. Second chapter is called Car Talk. Uh, third is Forgiven. And the fourth is called The Gypsy. And it's like the setup for either an ongoing series or another trade. Cool. So, yeah, it's and he's going to lay it out. I'm going to pencil my chapters. He's going to pencil and ink my chapters. He's going to pencil and ink his chapters and then I'll color it all. That, that I figured awesome. that way we could streamline it. Frank works yeah. real quick with layouts. I can color fairly quick, you know, and, you know, with him doing the layouts, it helps, you know, doing the majority of the layouts. It, it, it gets rid of the guesswork for me, especially right. since I'm writing it and, you know, doing that part of it as well. It, it It's just, I guess, a way for, for it to be a little bit more streamlined. Gotcha. Yeah. So you guys so, started anything on it or is it still yeah, in the planning got, stages? I've got uh, the first three. Well, I've got some of the uh, pages of the rat already penciled and inked. And uh, Frank has just sent me got a couple of weeks ago, uh, some brilliantly laid out pages for the opening sequence with uh, Tobias in his office, opening the first case file. Nice. So, uh, so I, I can't wait to, to get uh, started on those pages. That sounds awesome. Do you have a publisher or are you going to be shopping it around? Uh, I've got a couple publishers that are interested in it, but what I really like to do is go through image. Yeah. So yeah. I'm going to, you know, get these pages done, uh, you know, that Frank uh, sent me, uh, put them together with the the five that I've got done already right. and uh, color them up and uh, put together a, a, a good proposal. And then uh, I've got Gavin on board to work as, you know, continuity cop like he does on Dragon and mm -hmm. uh, even uh, help script some of it, you know? Cool. Yeah, yeah. So that sounds that sounds awesome. I wish you guys all the luck, and it would be <laughs> awesome to see you know the image eye on that. Yeah, I, I would love to see the image on that. And, <laughs> you know, I I thought since you know the three of us, and I'm even talking with Adam Pruitt about doing the lettering. I, lettering, I, yeah, yeah, I could see that. You know, I I thought since we worked so well together, you know, on the Zeke stories and and on the. Uh, uh, subsequent backups that you know let's keep the band together man well it's really cool too and you, you look at you know savage dragon from the early issues to now and the people that have the fans that have grown up and uh reading it and the fans that are also artists that have kind of gotten more than just a comic out of it you know you've built relationships with other pros or you know, you've gotten some of your stuff published and in turn you've kind of got a relationship with Frank Fosco and Gavin and Adam and, you know, it's it's a little community that we have and it's kind of cool that it, you know, it helps helps you guys get other places too with y your own work. Yeah, but, well, and it, it just gives you a greater pool of people, like-minded people that, yeah. you know, especially as a creator and as as an artist, it's like, you know, I have always dug Frank's stuff, you know, uh, what he, 
what he does and what got me thinking to even ask him to be a part of Mob Files was how he drew Zeke with the old-time suspenders and shoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was very noir, you know, that, that, that kind of old-school look. And I was like, okay, that's kind of what I'm looking for with Mob yep. Files. And yeah, I could totally see him doing a good job with that. Yeah, I, I can too. And just like I said with the, the three pages that he did uh, off of the, the, the you know, the, the description I gave, the layouts that he did and, and the description I gave for Tobias, uh, you know, it, it's like a, a, a mixture between Rondo Hutton and uh, uh, John Tapper from Bar Rescue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be like the love child. <laughs> that's, that's the, the the guy that the private detective and and uh, frank's got that down huh oh yeah yeah that's awesome that's awesome frank is is such a great talent i've enjoyed everything he's put out um he seems like he's kind of he's good at turning pages in and turning things around, you know, like everything with all these serials and stuff. You, you never see like any kind of fill in artist because he can't keep up deadlines, you know, this whole run on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I mean, the guy just turns them out. Oh yeah. Well, and who else? I mean, he's a Chicago boy. Yeah. It's right. Chicago mob stuff. And, you know, talking, he was like, oh, I was doing a mob thing back when I was younger. And this is and he he would send me stuff that he had done uh, back in the day. And, I was, you know, it, it was I think he's a, a perfect fit to, to do this. And, you know, and I figure, you know what, four issues, two issues each, me coloring it. We've got a, I've got a couple people interested in publishing it. But like I said, uh, I'd, I'd prefer to see the image eye on it. Yeah, yeah. No, you know, I, I totally see that. That's uh, it's kind of the seal of quality, you know. Well, yeah, the the, the image seal of approval. Yeah, you know? yeah. And uh, it, I just think it's it, it's something different, you know. So yep. totally we'll see what happens. Well, we'll be on the lookout for that. Um, yep, it sounds exciting. I'm real interested to see what comes out of that. Um, but we're. We're uh, kind of winding down now with our time. Yeah. Um, definitely wanted to say thanks for, for joining us. Yeah, it's been great. It's been an awesome conversation. Well, um, thanks for having me. And I, I you know, I, I told you once, once you get some uh, comic geeks together talking, <laughs> you know, it's hard to stop. It is. And it, it's just great. I, you know, my favorite part of these interviews is getting the, like the little insight on these stories of, you know, why you chose how to do this or that, or just finding out about things I didn't realize on, you know, reading it and and going back now after having this conversation and and, and reading these again, you just get more out of it. So it was really fun, and uh, thanks a lot for your time. I really appreciate it. Hey, not a problem. Thank you guys for having me. The Savage Fincast is hosted by the Gutter Trash Podcast Network, which can be found at guttertrash.net. The Savage Fincast is proud to be members of the Comic Addiction Family of Podcasts and the Comics Podcast Network, which can be found at comicaddiction.net and comicspodcast.com. Savage.